You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Back to the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life, wherever you are and however you're hearing. They call me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you once again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Uh, you can find us on most social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and of course on our YouTube channel at They Call Me Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us. If you're listening by audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, etc., Thank you again for listening. And of course, our YouTube channel is all video, full length episodes. Thank you for joining us there as well. Uh, I just want to come for you guys today and just kind of just share some things that are on my heart. I think this is valuable because of the time that we're in. And let's get serious for a second here because I want to make a point here that I don't want to, I don't want it to get missed. Uh, I had a, a meeting with a good friend of mine recently. Uh, we were sitting down over coffee and kind of just talking through some life stuff, catching up with family and how we're both doing in our respective lives. And one of the topics that came up in discussion was the topic of worship. Uh, now, if you are someone of the, of the non-religious sort, you may think that this is not about you and you may tune out. Please don't do that. Please hang in there. If you're listening, hold on. There's a point that's going to be made toward the end of this episode today that I think is going to be helpful to you where you are specifically. I think this is a universal idea so it matters to everybody in the universe, which includes, of course, you. Uh, we were talking about worship. Uh, he and I both have some background as worship leaders and as musicians. And one of the things that we talked about was the authenticity of worship. Now, for those that I'm asking you guys to hold on for a little bit, it's important because we believe that because we walk around as living human breathing human beings. We have inside of us the breath of life. And we believe that we are created for many things. But one of the biggest things that we're created for is to worship, worship our creator, worship our maker, give back praise and honor to the one who has made us after his own image. This is what we believe. This, this is the preface for what I'm going to say going forward here. What we were talking about songwriting and singing. And I heard from a gentleman by the name of Robert Henderson. You may know him in some prophetic circles. He speaks a lot and has books relating to what's the idea of the courts of heaven uh, and how the how heaven actually operates as a judicial system. And he talked, his name is Robert Henderson. He has some books out that you can find on Amazon or wherever. And he talks a lot about the courts of heaven. What he also shares a lot about is worship. Uh, it's not outside of his purview. He's seen it with his own eyes, so he understands some things. But one thing he said that kind of gripped me recently was that worship songs lately in today's modern uh, worship sets, 
they don't have any power. They don't have any substance or anointing as it's known in religious circles because the songs are written for profit. They're written for to be picked up by record companies or to be, be produced in that realm and not written as a, a love song or a, a worship to God himself, which is what the songs are normally about. But they're written with the wrong uh, focus. So the songs begin to lack power because the focus is not on the one who gives them the power. It's not focused on God. It's focused on self-aggrandizement or some need for profit or some desire to self-promote the person that's singing the song. So he goes into that a little bit more deeply. But Fred and I, we had a, a recent coffee meeting. We were talking about worship and we were talking about, you know, how things have changed in the world of song singing, in the world of worship and, and songwriting. And, and, and it's become about performances and platforms and people showing how great they can sing or how great they can write or how deep they are in the spirit. You know, it's like the focus always ends up being on the person as opposed to who we should be directing our thoughts and attentions and uh, desires toward, which should be theoretically, it should be God. Uh, now, I'm talking to everybody universally because everything that we do is an indicator of who and what we worship. Hopefully we can agree with that today. Whatever you focus on the most in your life is where it's what you, it's what you worship. I know people who focus on working 50, 60 hours because they want to have enough money to buy a specific thing, or they want to have enough money to live a life of comfort the way they want to. What do they worship in that scenario? It says a lot. Because they spend most of their lives in a cubicle or working at a job for somebody else in their organization. What do you worship? I know people who <clears throat> literally worship their children. Their children are everything to them. They're more important than, than God, and they're more important than even their own spouses. All they care about their whole lives are wrapped up in their children. Every waking, breathing moment is focused on their children. Is that a form of worship? Everything that we do, everything that we put a focus on or emphasis on, especially when it's consistent at the expense of everything else, could be, in a lot of cases, considered a type of worship. So my friend and I were talking, and we were talking about where songs have been seeming to go lately, how they just, you know, they sound good lyrically, but they don't have any oomph. There's no substance to them. And it could be the reason why the songs were written, the true motivation for why they were written. It could be a number of different things. but. We were talking about that because we saw that there was a need for authenticity, not just in religious circles, not just in your today's church, but in life, in our normal daily travels. There seems to be a, a lack of authenticity. I mean, everywhere you go, even outside of the religious realm, everywhere you go, you can hear somebody talking about God. They'll say, oh, thank God for this. Thank God I got a new job. Thank God I got a boyfriend now. Thank God I can get off of the dating apps. Thank God I have a new car that runs. Thank God for this and that. And a lot of times we don't really question that because we kind of universally think, you know what? They're probably talking about, you know, the God that we heard about, the God of the heavens, the God of the Bible. We think that that's, we kind of assume that's probably what they were talking about. And you know what it means when you assume. When they say, thank God, who are they talking about? I'm not, I'm not talking about who they intend to thank, but who are they talking about? 
I've heard people who, and I've come up in the, most folks that know me know my musical background. I've come up, I was actually on the streets, in the clubs, uh, at the colleges doing performances with people who are very famous, people who are well-known in the music industry, and people who are getting awards now, standing up on stages, on platforms, getting awards for their music, for their talent, for their ability. And one of the first things they say is, I want to just thank God for this talent. I want to thank God for the producers. I want to thank God for the fans. And it's become a, a normal thing at award show, just as one example. But who are they thanking? Because in the same breath, they may curse up a storm. In the same breath, they may say something that's uh, lyrically misogynistic about women. They may say something that's anti-God, anti-faith in their songs. And then they get on the platform like that after they've won. And it says, despite all the things you heard me say before, I want to just say, thank God. When they say, thank God, who are they thanking? My friend and I were talking about authentic- authenticity in your daily life and how it's been a challenge for both him and I in, in previous circles that we've been in because at the end of the day, we know that God cares about our hearts. He cares about that more than anything else that we try to accomplish because we, we understand and he understands that everything that we do is a result of what's inside of our hearts. We can't say, oh, God knows where my heart is. All he has to do is look at your actions, look at your behaviors, look at your inclinations and your standards, and he can tell where your heart is. He doesn't have to do a deep dive. Most folks that meet you don't have to do a deep dive because they know, they can see, they can sell, they can, they can sense it, they can feel it. But they can just look at your actions and they can tell. Your habits, where you're consistent, where you're not. It's indicative of where your heart is. My friend and I went into a lot of uh, deep discussions about authenticity in life and in relationship and in friendship and in ministry. People go to these platforms and they say, thank God. Who are they actually thanking? I don't mean who they intend to thank, who ideally they want to thank, but who are they actually thanking? Do they know who they're thanking? Who is God to them? Who is the authentic God in their life? Is it the God of the Bible? Or is it the God of this world that we know to be the devil? Nobody wants to say, I love the devil. Nobody wants to say that. But if your lifestyle doesn't match up with the God of the Bible, there's really only one other option left. So by default, you're living for a different God, a lesser, inferior God, not the God of the Bible. If you guys remember in the book of Exodus, there's a story, an account of the children of Israel after they had been delivered from Egyptian bondage and slavery. When their leader, Moses, went to the mountain for four 40 days and 40 nights. They got bored, I guess. And they figured, you know what? Maybe he's not coming back. Maybe God did something to him because he's been gone for a long time and we haven't heard a word from him. We haven't gotten an email from him. We haven't got a message from Carrier Pigeon. We haven't got a text. Nothing from Moses for 40 days and 40 nights. It's not much to happen. It might be time for us to move on and have new leadership. So they got tired of waiting for him. And they decided Somewhere in their hearts, despite all they've seen God do with their own eyes, literal deliverance from Egyptian bondage and slavery with their own eyes, they saw it, they were witnesses, they were actually participants 
of it. And even though they were witnesses and they seen, touched, felt, and heard all these things, they decided in their hearts to pick a golden calf and prop it up as the deliverer and their savior and their God. This is a passage of scripture in Jeremiah, I believe it's 17, verse 9. And it said that the heart is deceitfully wicked. What man can know it? We fool ourselves by saying, oh, the heart wants what the heart wants. But we don't recognize that the heart can be our worst enemy if we lean towards it and the heart is not in alignment with God's heart, with God's word, what God wants over, over what we want. They took a golden calf and said, you know what? Here's the God that delivered us out of Egypt. Now, theoretically, they're not, they can't be that dumb. The Israelites were there. They witnessed it. They know that a, a cow didn't bring them out of Egyptian bondage. But they wanted to accept something they knew wasn't true. I want you to catch that. Please don't miss that. I will say it again for those in the back. The Israelites wanted to take or accept something they knew wasn't true because it was convenient. Because it made them feel better. Because it made them feel confident. Because it gave them uh, a boldness to go forward. They would believe something that's not accurate. That they know wasn't accurate. They believed a lie at the end of the day. Just so they can feel comfortable. How many of us listening today have believed a lie over the truth just because the lie was more comfortable? When they say, thank God. When you say, thank God. Do you know who you're actually thanking? What are you thanking him for? I know people who have gone to a, a minister's church service and, and have come there in a wedding dress and said, I believe that that man that's preaching right now is my husband. Just to be clear for context, the man's already married and has been for decades. But they walk in with a wedding dress and said, God told me that's my husband. When they say God said it, who are they talking about? This God comes and breaks up marriages? Really? When you stand up on the platform accepting the trophy or an award, but you speak ill of women, people of different races, or just overall ugly, abhorrent behavior, you're thanking God for that, to get an award for that? Which God are you thanking? Who are we talking about here? to be really careful about what comes out of people's mouths because what comes out of their mouth is coming from their heart. My friend and I were talking about authentic worship and authenticity in life, but our life is our worship. What we spew out, what we emit comes from a place of, of a heart condition for us. And sadly, we tend to be motivated by our environment, even when we know something is right. We will decline to, to do that because everybody around us is doing something different. And it's more comfortable for us to do what they're doing as opposed to what will set us apart and make us unique and different and perhaps put us at odds with our environment, put us at odds with our atmosphere. I hope this is helping somebody. I hope you guys are encouraged by this. I just want to take a little bit of time to encourage you that everything that people say is God is not God. Everything that they say is good isn't good for you. Please. In today's times, with all that's going on around us, there's a lot happening. 
Keep your eyes and ears open. Be watchful and alert. And also surround yourself with people who you know are going in the direction that you want to go in. Let that be your legacy because no matter how that turns out, at least you know that you did what you thought was best. But in this case, I'm saying let's go a little bit deeper. It's not hard, as from the example I gave you with the golden calf and the children of Israel, it's not hard to believe a lie. We can accept it very easily if you want to. We can say that God is not real, even though we've seen evidence that he is and he has been faithful from our childhood, even to our adulthood. It's easy to believe a lie. So I think the issue here is what makes you comfortable? Do you worship that? What makes you comfortable? Is that where all your focus and your attention lies? Be careful of what you think is comfortable. Be careful what makes you feel good, what makes you feel complacent. That could very well be the end of you. Comfort kills. Whoever you are and however you're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, thank you once again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week with your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for joining us, for supporting our show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and everywhere on our social media platform. We need the help. And we definitely would love to support. Hope this matters to you. What we discussed today and we've been discussing on previous episodes and going forward into the future. Thank you once again. Have a great day. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.